The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation. What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find. We were four years Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of this podcast. And today, we've got a special technical SEO episode for you, which is going to be hosted by Jeff Atkinson, who's the founder and CEO of Huckabay. Huckabay is a technical SEO platform that automates the process of improving search results to drive more organic traffic and make your website faster. Jeff is a brilliant SEO, and I'm thrilled to invite him to take the mic and share his technical knowledge with you. All right, here is a technical SEO episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Jeff Atkinson, the CEO and founder of Huckabay. Hello, SEOs. My name is Jeff Atkinson, CEO of Huckabay. And this week, we're going to discuss enhancing search visibility with schema, structured data, and SEO content creation. Joining me is Sarah Kiefer Hess, a lead associate at Booz Allen Hamilton, the consulting firm advancing the nation's most critical civil defense and national security priorities. Combining an in-depth expertise in AI and cybersecurity with leading-edge technology and engineering practices to deliver impactful solutions, ensure results by integrating technology with an enduring focus on their clients. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Yesterday, Sarah and I talked about schema and structured status role in SEO. And today we're going to continue the conversation by discussing writing for SEO versus marketing writing. 
Okay, here's my conversation with Sarah Kiefer Hess, the lead associate at Booz Allen Hamilton. Welcome back, Sarah. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Really enjoyed our first conversation. This is sort of a broad topic, uh, writing for SEO versus marketing writing. When we first discussed this offline, I was curious as to whether you thought marketing writing and SEO writing was the same or marketing writing and SEO writing are different. And let's just start there. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, and you're, you have a content background, a really strong content background. I think that's how you started your career. Um, I, I think of them kind of as the same, probably because I'm an SEO and I think that anything that's good for SEO is good for marketing. But I think you might have a different, I, I really am not the expert. So let's start there. Writing for SEO versus writing for marketing, are they different? I think they're different. I think they're set for different audiences. For sure. I mean, one is uh, you're writing to try to rank, right? And have keywords. And then the other is trying to either get someone to buy or make an action. Right. And with SEO, and if you think about this, like search engine factors and ranking factors, there is a readability level you have to achieve. And when we are writing, a lot of marketing speak is jargon, and that can lose users very easily and site visitors. Yeah. Uh, so you have to kind of have more of a structured, user-friendly language in writing. And so there is that writing for the web and writing for SEO. Mm. That's a little bit different. So the structure, are you saying that the structure needs to be there for marketing writing so that, or SEO writing? SEO writing. SEO. Okay. So you can go a little deeper on the SEO writing, whereas the marketing writing can be more off the cuff, more call to action, or am I missing this? I think the marketing writing that I generally come across is uses the same language as someone who's completely within their area of expertise. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a lot more sophisticated and it's not how people search. That's the key difference is the way we talk in marketing is not the way people search. And even if people, um, it reminds me of a, one of the a UX principle user experience where just because you can understand something at a higher level of education, for example, doesn't mean you want to. Mm. And what we found in search through years of research and data is that you have to speak in a simpler language to capture the audience and the users to come to your site. And if you're only speaking or writing in those higher level language or reading levels, you're going to miss capturing the traffic altogether. Yeah. It's like naming a product like a couch, some fancy name versus just naming it gray couch. Right. <laughs> we have to be, we have to be, we have to, if there's a conversation happening already about AI, for example, right? Yeah. We have to get ourselves into the existing conversation. Yeah. That's the key factor. I think that's that difference. Yeah. It's like um, if you said like, I'm going to call this couch sea mist is the color and your audience that searches for sea mist 
couch is either zero or like one person a year right? versus you, you call it a blue couch, you're going to get a lot more people looking at the blue couch than the sea mist couch. I think that's a really good point. And you might miss the people looking for a blue couch. Yeah. They might not even know that they wanted a sea mist couch until they saw it because it was blue and they searched for blue couch. That's interesting. You know, one of the things that SEOs in particular talk a lot about with content, and again, I'm not an expert on this zone. I'm much more focused on the technical side. And that's why I love having you on today because you get this sort of content side but I hear talked a lot about on this podcast and other podcasts and just in the SEO community in general is user intent and writing for user intent. Maybe you could just clarify on what that means for me to start with. And then if you've got any um, you know, expertise around either how to do it or best practices or whatever, that'd be wonderful. So I think it goes back to... One of, the, one of the main goals in, in content strategy is understanding what your user needs. And that's something that I think crosses into user experience and SEO in particular is trying to understand what our audience needs. And I think that goes into the whole marketing funnel as well. And so as you're searching for keywords as well to talk about or to use in your topics, you can see what that search intent is and which which area of the marketing funnels particular keywords are in. And so when you think about writing for user intent, it is understanding where in the funnel you need to market essentially for your audience. Yeah. And then what language is going to best, what it's what language and assets actually content being also images, or, you know, um, videos and podcasts, even um, what's going to be that best piece of content for that user intent to get them to convert. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Can you give me an example, just like, a, and I don't know if, if e-commerce, do you work in the e-commerce space or something that you're really familiar with that you could give me an example, some industry that you're familiar with where you're, the user has a different intent at different phases of the funnel and you're trying to capture them and what kind of the writing style would be for each phase. 
I think one of the clients I had talked about very sophisticated technology and wanted to very much use the language within the defense market, within government agencies. They have their own special language, the way that they talk about things. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to build awareness, though, about the technology as well as why it should be used. So to do that, you have to take a step back and understand, right? Yep. What does the technology actually do? What is it solving? What's the problem that the client has and things like that? And this, so as you, you have to kind of take, keep taking those steps back to figure out what is that awareness level that we have to capture, right? So sort of dumb it down a bit Yes. for the first, and they just want to jump right into the crazy terms The you know, right. like you're in the deep end of the, you know, you know, everything about the topic. Right. And so you have to pull them, you have to pull them back up to the surface and be like, Hey, this is where you're going to get people to actually read this stuff is by using this terminology. And then maybe later in the content or as they've gotten deeper into the site, now you can start to get geeking out. So if I use your blue couch, your seamless couch as an example, perhaps a couch has never, the couch is something new. It's a new concept in the awareness phase, right? You, that search, that user intent, you need to get them to understand that there's this new thing that they can sit on. Mm -hmm. It's different than a chair. So you're starting off in that, like, let's tell you what a couch is. I know this is, very oversimplifying, but <laughs> this is what it couches. It's an alternative chair, and these are the benefits of it, and this is what you can do with it, and that's what it is, and that's that's that simple awareness phase, right? Because this military technology would be like explaining to me, like I've never seen a blue couch or couch or what it does ever before in my life, right? And then you move move along into the funnel, right? And everyone has a blue couch. Yeah. Well, now they want to know the difference between the different types of couches that are now available. And so you you know that your audience already understands what a couch is. Yeah. And you can increase that level of sophistication because the user intent is now different. Got it. And then you can keep going up. And, and by the time you kind of get to the, the end of the funnel, they know they want an L-shaped couch made of leather and has fringe. Yeah. You know, they already know what they want. And so you can speak directly to that at that point. That's a really good example. How do you um, organize this? My first thought is like, my mind's e-commerce, right? So I'm overstock guy is it's now Bed Bath & Beyond, but formerly overstock. My first thought is, well, you, you really dumb it down on like the entry pages, which would be like categories and, you know, really high level, even like departments. And then you get really sophisticated as you get further down the hierarchy of the website to where like for an e-commerce site, that would be like a product page, which is many levels below like all these navigation pages. Do you kind of think the same way for a government defense site where they're like, let's get them in the top level and then they can work their way and find the content that is more sophisticated as they get further through the website? Is that sort of how you, or do you actually change the writing tone from like the beginning of the article to the end of the article? Or is it done based like kind of as they explore the website? I don't do it from 
an information architecture perspective in terms of um, navigating through the site, simply because it's usually a site that's already been created that I'm working with. So they have their own structure already in place. What I always recommend, though, is that at the beginning of um, the pages, it's kind of, I always think, uh, I think they call it the inverted pyramid, where you give the answer up front. What is the, the main point? And we know that the rest of the content is just going to be scanned. They're not going to read it, you know, I think they call it the lawnmower. If you just kind of, yeah. you just go around, you just wrap around. Yeah. And when we think about content layout on a page, this is, to me, it's very formulaic. You start off with the main point, you give the answer, and then your headings, your, your H2s, your H3s, those are very specific about what then you're going to talk about under there. And then using more uh, readable structure, content structures, bulleted lists, things like that. And then I usually always recommend an FAQ at the bottom, which is usually simpler understanding to get in, like, what is a couch? What color is sea mist? And how would you describe it? So that's usually the structure that I recommend for a page. Yeah, I think that way you hit all the main levels and it's okay if someone comes in from anywhere in the site, they'll have an easier time just getting through the content rather than having to dig down. Absolutely. I love that. This is really great insight. And I've never heard anyone talk about content in this sort of sophisticated manner. So it's really good for our listeners. Before we end, when we were off the air, we talked quickly about what you wanted to talk about and what some cool things. And you brought up plain language and accessibility. Now, I think I understand accessibility in that, you know, if you're blind, for example, and you come to a website or uh, my mother had uh, ALS. And so she had accessibility problems when it came to navigating the web and her iPad was her solution. So I, I knew some about that, but plain language, can you describe that to me, please? Because I know nothing about that. So plain language is an initiative that the U.S. government set about. And so for government agency websites, they have to be Section 508 compliant. That's your accessibility. And they have to use plain language. So if you ever look at an agency website at the very bottom, it will have in the footer, it has all the typical links that you would find, like for FOIA, legal description, and then it talks about plain language. And that is that process of simplifying information down to a level that is readable by the vast majority of Americans. Mm. And when we think about the average reading level across the entire United States is eighth grade, that's a very different level than what we normally talk about. And so you can go online and do training in plain language writing. And I think you get into the, the plain language writing. It, it makes sense as you're reading it. It's simple things that are short sentences, no more than 10 words in a sentence, you know, those sort of things, all the best practices in writing anyway. So it's really just reinforcing those rules on better readability. Can you, I'm sure you can, uh, tell ChatGPT to write in plain language? 
Depends on who set up the chat GPT on the back end. Uh, it's got to be a prompted <laughs> thing. Yeah. But I will say one thing really quickly on accessibility, because I don't think people think about writing and accessibility. So if, yeah. if you're, if you ever listen to a screen reader, it reads headings and links out of context. So it'll just read all the headings on a page. So if your headlines don't make sense, it's not going to make sense, right? And this is also another one. If you, I've seen accessibility uh, checks on a page and they pull the links out separately as well. And so every time you have click here, click here, click here, all they see in here is just click here, click here, click here, instead of mm. the actual term that you want them to understand about the page. Well, that's just good SEO too, right? Right. It's just good SEO to have descriptive anchor text on links. Yeah. I didn't think of that in terms of uh, accessibility, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think it all goes hand in hand together. Yeah. Accessibility, one, it helps with rankings, but two, it's just good SEO, I think. Um, someone, good user experience too. Good user experience, absolutely. And it makes, it's just making the content available, right? In the best possible format, which is what good SEO is for, for users and for search bots. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks to Sarah Kiefer Hess, lead associate at Booz Allen Hamilton for joining us. If you'd like to contact Sarah, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile on her show notes or visit her company website at engage.bah.com. All right. Thanks to Jeff Atkinson, our technical SEO guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Jeff, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Jeff Atkinson. That's G-E-O-F-F-A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is huckabuy.com. H-U-C-K-A-B-U-Y.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. 
So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. We'll be right back.